0: good morning good afternoon how you doing out there today this is david robert for the marketplace of ideas podcast i hope you're having a great and wonderful week uh start and start i guess to your weekend it is june the 10th uh 2022 and uh yeah hopefully you're able to get out there meet with family and friends or just be outside wherever you are in the world today uh, just before we get started, I want to let you know that you could find the Marketplace of Ideas podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast—from uh, from Stitcher to Podbean to Google Play—we are there, ready to go. So hopefully, you can um, enjoy a little bit of a uh, little bit of what we got going on. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about something a little bit uh, less fantastical, as it were. I know we like to talk about pop culture going-ons within culture, within movies, and news, and entertainment, and things of that nature. But today we're going to be just doing a little chat about mental health, in particular men's mental health during COVID. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because over the last year, actually the last two years, we've seen a rise not only in in violence as far as mass shootings, as far as violence within domestic um, disputes. The rates of divorce have gone up and as well as the rates of suicide, unfortunately, due to the pandemic. And it's been a very hard couple of years for a lot of people. And in particular, we've seen a fair amount of people not handle it so well. And so we're gonna just take a little dive into it. But first, we're gonna chat, uh, we're gonna look, I I found this little quote here, uh, just a little article, and it was really interesting, so just let me bring it up here, just bear with me. Let me see, where is that now? All right. Ah, yes. So it talks about, well, there isn't a different sort of male depression. Some symptoms are more common in men than women. These include irritability, sudden anger, increased loss of control, risk taking, and aggression. Men may also be more likely to use alcohol and drugs to cope with their depression rather than talking about it. And this was written in an article I found online on October the first, twenty twenty-one. So A little bit of backstory here. During the pandemic, it was very apparent, at the height of it, when it first started, it was very apparent that this was not going to be something that we were just going to um, go through and then um, be unscathed, as it were. So we were going to see people take ridiculous measures to ward off loneliness and depression and just the fatigue of everything. Because in the first little bit, back in March of 2020, most people thought that it was going to be a very short-lived thing. We thought maybe two to three weeks at most, people would, this thing would kind of burn itself out, and then we would be ready to go. And what we saw was not the case. What we saw was um, industries close, shutter. I had many friends and family lose jobs um, because of the pandemic, there were churches that were close to, fo- to, to forced to close down, schools were shuttered for fear of spreading the virus, we had nurses as well as doctors just ran off their feet, and in the beginning, there was this real feeling of togetherness, of uh, we're going to make it through, you know, that it's going to be okay, that not to worry, but then after a while, it started to, people started to realize, oh, this is actually serious. We're starting to see people worldwide ending up in hospitals, on, in the ICU, you know, um, weddings and bar mitzvahs and funerals and, and just celebrations had all been canceled. And for a good part of the time, the things that helped life to seem so fun and carefree were now gone. The movies, the bars, the clubs, the concerts, the sporting engagements, um, the theater, the stage, you name it, it was all shuttered. And many industries, too, had to, you know, Amazon had discussions, you know, there were discussions of, of warehouses being basically petri dishes, schools were, you know, colleges went online. And through all of this, there was a really... Resounding feeling of we're going to be in this for a while. This is not going to be something that just, you know, kind of we kind of get over very quickly. And the ramifications of this are going to be felt for years and decades to come. And one thing in particular in the rush to kind of quell the spread of this virus and the various, um, I guess, offshots of the virus and variations. There was very little acknowledgement of the mental as well as egregious strains that would be put on people's health, particularly adults and particularly men and it's not a it's not a secret that you know um, most women are able to talk about their their feelings and their emotions and and get it out. And that seems a little bit more natural for for women. But for men, particularly in Western society, if you do talk and share about your feelings and what you're going through and the stresses and the strains you might be um, feeling, you're seen as weak. You're seen as soft. You're seen as not, you know, you don't have that step up or lift for proper leadership. And why should anyone follow you if you're going to be falling apart? And so, the level of anxiety, worry, doubt, stress, coupled with the financial burdens of if you, weren't, if you lost your job, how are you going to pay your bills? And how could you even find another job in the industry that you may have worked in, you may have had a business in, now you're, you're lost, you know? And there was a big, big push to wonder what are we going to do? Because with a capitalist system that's based upon work, based upon people spending money, based upon people going into debt to keep it rolling, when the restaurants are shut down, when the buffets are shut down, when the movie theaters are closed, when the sporting arrangements are done, when your office might have to shutter its doors because it is based upon a volume traffic model. What do you do? You know, And unfortunately, a lot of people turn to things that were very coping mechanisms that were not healthy, right? You know, in the beginning, we talked about getting outside and getting out in nature. And thankfully, when it happened, it was during, you know, the spring. So at least we had passed over, (laughs) excuse me, at least we had passed over the Christmas season and, you know, and New Year's. And now we were into. we just finished the doldrums of winter. But as we saw, we went through two Christmas seasons, basically with this with this thing happening and it was just a level of pain right that that a lot of people did not foresee and so i saw this really good article that i wanted to touch on to kind of give some some light to what i was talking about so this was written on may the 10th 2021 and it was by cnn and we have it written by Emmett. Lions uh, from CNN, updated uh, 9.43 a.m. on Monday, May the 10th. It's called, it says, the COVID pandemic is highlighting men's health and how they can seek help. So it starts with an Irish musician and mental health advocate, Neil Breslin was standing alone in a coffee shop in March when he was approached by an elderly man. After some brief small talk, the man made a surprisingly intimate admission to Ber- um, Breslin. He was deeply lonely. His wife had passed away a few years ago, and the pandemic made things even more tough on him. As a longtime sufferer of anxiety and depression, loneliness was a feeling that Breslin knew all too well. He he responded with a simple, of course you are, and the elderly man started to cry. It was a moment of mutual understanding, the type of interaction that perhaps would not have happened before the pandemic hit. It was lovely. It was an awkward moment. It wasn't an awkward moment, Breslin said. He asked me to come for a walk with him, and I said, of course I can. This man is heartbroken, and all he wants is a conversation. As Monday marks the start of men, men's mental health, so this was back in, um, in May of 2010, uh monday marks the start of mental health awareness for men i'm sorry in the united kingdom just mental health awareness not just for men and the month is dedicated to the issue in the u.s the pandemic has heightened the sense of isolation that many men around the world were already feeling but the pandemic may also be helping men of all ages become more aware of their mental well-being and needs so research suggests that many men have suffered in silence for years men are less likely and far less frequent than women to reach out for help when they are feeling low, according to the 2019 um, analysts from the American Journal of Men's Health. And stark data from the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention shows that American men die by suicide at a rate three and a half times higher than women, although women are more likely to attempt suicide, according to that data. Andrew Reiner, author of Better Boys: Better Men, has spent a career studying these issues. He points to a corrosive masculine culture that has been ingrained in adult men, a belief that they must be stoic and solve their problems by themselves there 's this feeling that when you get that when you 've got a problem to be conf, to be a confident man you 've got to handle them on your own, said Reiner, a lecturer a lecturer at um, Towson's University Honors College. It's not just older men who are being held back by this distorted notion of what it means to be a man, Reiner said. While young men tend to be more open and have a greater understanding of gender intolerance, Reiner thinks that reaching out for emotional support is one of the places where a lot of younger men are still following the old script. Among men of all ages, experts say that cases of anxiety and depression do often go unreported. Whether it's because they feel like seeking support is showing weakness or other toxic attitudes around masculinity, a 2015 study from the American Journal of Men's Health found that men are less likely than women to communicate their issues to loved ones and mental health professionals. While this crisis in men's, health, uh, men's mental health is not new, psychologist Niobe Way thinks the pandemic has amplified those issues. The data that boys and men have been suffering has been going, has been going on forever, says Way, a professor in, of applied um, psychology in New Jer- in New York in New York University. COVID has made it worse because it's harder to reach out. The emergence of the virus has compounded some of that pain. The prevalence of depressive symptoms being reported by adult men in the U.S. has increased in every age group during the pandemic, according to a a September 2020 Boston University study. And over the past 12 months, the UK emotional support helpline, Samaritans, has seen an uptick in male callers talking about a lack of human connection, according to Liz um, Scowcroft, head of research and evaluation at Samaritans. So it goes on to talk about how Um, you know, white heterosexual men were found to have the fewest friends of anyone in in the United States in 2006. Um, It said, men do find it more challenging to maintain strong and meaningful friendships. studies have shown. Um, It's the lack of closeness, the lack of meaningful relationships in in men's lives that has been ways life work. As a development psychologist, she calls it a crisis of connection. So it goes on and on to talk about, um, you know, various uh, scenarios and what's been going on, particularly with men's health and stress and, you know, how it's been heightened over the year of the pandemic. But I can tell you personally, just from being laid off from my, uh, from my, my, my job and then, you know, um, not having a large circle of people to connect with, I found that as you get older, particularly as a male... There's just a lot less people willing to listen to what you have to say. Now, let me let me explain that. If you have a job or if you have a career or you have some form of, you know, employment where you are a leader, you are a foreman or a manager or supervisor, you have people that answer to you, but they're not necessarily your friends. They are your technically your subordinates and you might have your work friends and your work relationships. You might have, if you go to some form of a religious following or um, faith-based group, you might have your church or your mosque or your temple um, relationships, and then you might have your family and friends. So, like, you have a brother or dad or sister and what have you, and then maybe your friends from college or, or you know, or from the rec league or whatever. And so, you have these various pockets of. In, of people that, you know, you care about their opinion or their influence on you. But what happened with COVID is all of that went away. And so now, you know, if you didn't have a, a strong relationship with your significant other or your children, if you still have them at home, or if you live alone, there was nobody to talk to. And so you're now left alone with your thoughts. And for a lot of people, there's nothing more terrifying than that. But to to pay back what I had mentioned prior about when you get older there's not a lot of people willing to listen to what you have to say it's very true when you when you don't have those circles and you start to you know get up there in age there are less people willing to just um you know amuse you or um or humor you with some of your opinions on politics or society or religion or faith or sports or whatever things that really hit home and what, what we find often is with younger and older men, if you have an opinion about something or if you have some form of a, um, you know, just just your, your thought process on a certain event or a certain going ons in the, in the community or in society, <laughs> sometimes it will be, you know, just shooed away like, oh, that's nice. You know, that's great. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's good for you. There was, um, and this, this came to my, you know, stark attention during the Freedom Convoy or the so-called Freedom Convoy here in Canada in, uh, the early parts of this year from, I believe it was February to almost, you know, um, the start of March there where every truck driver that was stopped to talk to with CBC or to any sort of news outlet kept saying, I want to have my voice heard. You know, I just want to come out here And be heard and be acknowledged or you know just say what i have to say that's on my mind and if you don't have like a podcast you don't have an art you know articles that you're writing you're you're kind of stuck within your lane if you have a job that's what you do and if it's not a creative outlet and you're not speaking about the day's events if you're a truck driver or if you are working as a plumber or an electrician if you are an executive your business is of what you're doing. So your nine to five is based upon you know what, what they pay you for. And so if you have a family and maybe, you know, one or two other interests, there's not a lot of time for you to maybe join a group of guys and you're just chatting about stuff. You know, you might have less connections with people because 90 percent of your time is spent either working or driving to and from work spent with your family, taking care of them. After that, if you have any time left, it might be to work out, maybe a hobby or two. You know, and if it doesn't involve a lot of people, you're going to be kind of by yourself. You know, you're going to be without those male influences that you could lean on to say, "Hey man, I'm struggling." "Hey, this is what I'm going through." "Hey, this is kind of what the, what I'm feeling at work, the stress I'm I'm going" I'm going through with my job or, you know, and everything else. And so I think the other aspect of why it's so important to shed a light on this is because of the suicide rates. And it's because of the fact that if you're not, if you have a large portion of your society that doesn't feel like they can actually open up and share what's going on within their minds, within their lives, within their hearts, and not sound weak, not sound like you're gay, or that you're, you know, not there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, like but that you're, that you're, you know, soft, and that you don't have, you know, you're, you're, you're weak, and you hold it all in, it's detrimental, it's horrible, you know, that feeling of being disconnected from society, that, that, that feeling that that discomfort of being in social circles, we long and need and must have human connection. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. You have to have some form of a circle or you're, you're not, all of you is not living. right? If you follow any sort of faith-based religion, uh, particularly um, Christianity, it'll talk about if you have not accepted Christ, your spirit is dead. Right, and other um faiths and religions will talk about how to awaken the spirit or your third eye or whatever else, you know, or that awareness of the astral plane, you know. But if you're not awake spiritually, you know, particularly in the Christian faith, then you're only half living, right? Or one third of you is living because you got your, your spirit, your mind, and then your body. When we want to punish people in jail, we put them. Al- we make sure that they're alone, away from everybody else. When we want to torture people, well, we had a whole society for almost two years that couldn't, for fear of their life, you know. And even when you were in open spaces with people, there was that anxiety and that worry. Oh my gosh, what happens if I touch something that somebody coughed on? I touch my eye, and I bring this home to my family, All right? And if you were fortunate enough to be able to work from home, that that was a whole other kettle of fish, because now your, your social circle shrunk to maybe yourself, your wife or your partner, and your children, if you have any, or your dog or your cat. And that was it. You know, without a respite to actually come back and say, hey, this is how my day was. How was your day? You know? So the... The ramifications of what we've seen with COVID-19 will be felt for years to come. But the question is, what to do about it? Because we know that there's a problem. We're well aware that there are issues within this space. How could we? How could we cope? And so, the uh, what did they talk about here? So in the article, they talk about ways that you can cope with this. And so, one happened to be exercise regularly. Regular exercise can help people with mild to moderate depression and maybe one part of a treatment plan for those with severe depression. Seek extracurricular activities or hobbies, but don't overcommit. While it's healthy to take on activities, it's important to break up large tasks into small ones. Don't try to do too many things at once. Build a strong daily routine. Break your day into segments. For example, getting up and going to bed at the same time each day is an effective way to regulate sleep and improve your mental health. And so there's other there's other um, things they talk about, um, but the gist of it is prayer and meditation have helped. Helped me particularly. Um, main, maintaining a healthy diet to the best of your ability. You know, actually reaching out to people and saying that you're having an issue and your problem in a space that you feel safe in with somebody you trust nothing is worse than feeling as though somebody you love has suffered needlessly because they were unable to share what they were going through right because they just didn't feel as though they could come and be open and be vulnerable and not be made fun of for it and just be Just be told that they were worthwhile, that they were special, that they were, they had worth and value. You know, um, over the last little bit, I've been checking out this this sort of culture or community called men going their own way and red pill and black pill and blue pill kind of stuff because it fascinates me to see how to deal with the pressures and stresses of life, particularly with the opposite sex. There is a segment of our society that has decided to just go their own way and forget the whole thing. Like men have lost when it comes to the courts with children and custody, when it comes to divorce, they feel that women are favored, you know, more so over men in settlements and child support that the courts, when it comes to, um, even, even dating culture is just favoring more towards women with the technologies for dating services and dating apps. And that feminism has, you know, destroyed the modern family. And so now we have men, not only is it pressure to even find a wife, now you have some men just saying, screw it, we're just done with it all together. And I feel like this is the wrong, the wrong space to be in, you know, for those men who are vulnerable, who are, you know, prone to anxiety, prone to worry. The last thing you want to do is now surround yourself with people who are enabling that 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 activity. We need people. We need to get out there and we need to be conscious of what's going on. So I would say if you have friends or family that you know that suffer with this, reach out to them deliberately. All right? If you're if you're a guy and you're somebody who's like so withdrawn and in themselves, if not for yourself, Then find a way to connect with other people for the people around you and their sake, right? The last thing anybody would want to see is, like I said, somebody they love suffering needlessly, but also to miss out on some of the stuff that life has. And it can be so easy to fall into that depression. And I'm not talking about if you have actual like a... um, chemical deficiency or if it's like clinically you're depressed, then you should get help and medication could help that, right? But for the things that we can try to do ourselves is to, is is to reach out and say, look, I'm not, this is not natural. You should not just want to come home from work and not connect with anybody. You should have more than five friends, you know, people that you can talk to and, or at least... Three people you can actually call on the phone, and they'll care about you, and vice versa. All right. So, by no means is this, you know, something that is going to be changed in one podcast. You know, but I definitely feel that as the pandemic is waning, and hopefully the days of it are over, what's what's going to come out of this is that men, as well as women, need to be able to be vulnerable in safe spaces and let out their fears. You know, the things that are causing them pain. Because if we don't, what we're going to be left with is not only a men, I'm uh, sorry, men, not only a culture of men that are stoic, that hold their feelings in, that are non-committal, not emotional, but they're also going to be raising the next generation of men to do the exact same thing and the cycle will keep repeating itself. And so we got to we got to work at just being open you know but hopefully this is something that could help you uh, like I said if you are experiencing any form of depression or anxiety or worry or fear there are helplines out there Um, I don't have one in particular but um, if you just you know Google them in your area there is there are people that you could reach out to and that want to help you and just remember that (laughs) you are worthy of appreciation of kindness, you know the dignity of just talking to somebody over coffee and feeling that connection it doesn't make you weird it doesn't make you soft it doesn't make you you know less of a man it makes you more of one because you're actually acknowledging um, the things that 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 you need you know so again, hopefully this was something I know I was rambling on a little bit, jumping from topic to topic, but it was something that I just wanted to kind of touch on because you know we're all as they say in this together you know but um thank you for listening take care out there and until next time be good to one another out there